What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have a lot to cover. We're going to jump right into it. Some great action around the league. We're going to start in Atlanta, where the Braves hosted the Yankees. Bryce Elder was on the mound for Atlanta, and he threw a one-hit shutout. One-hit shutout. Just a masterpiece for Bryce Elder. And, yeah, I mean, this guy has been... I don't want to say lights out, but he's been quite a revelation for the Braves this year. I mean, he uses defense in this one. He struck out three and walked three. But at the end of the day, he's threw seven scoreless innings with one hit. That's what really matters here. The Yankees' only hit was DJ LeMahieu's one-out single, which fell in front of center fielder Lockhart's the second in you know, early in the game. But besides that, you know, he, he was really good. I mean, just after that single, Elder... Responded by making Harrison Bader ground into a double play. It was actually one of three double plays Bader would ground into, which is not easy to do given Bader's speed. But a bloop single is all Elder gave up, and you'll take that. You'll take that every single time. So through the first 17 starts of the season, we have to remember Bryce Elder had the National League best 2.5, sorry, 2.45 ERA. That earned him his first all-star selection. But then, you know, since then, he entered Tuesday having produced a 7.94 ERA in 28 and a third innings over his past six starts. And that even includes a couple of effective starts against the Brewers during this span. So he's he's had a very rough second half. So at the end of the day, obviously, that averages out to, it evens out to an average season. But he showed you why he's an all-star. So at the end of the day, the Braves end up getting this shutout victory 5-0 over the New York Yankees. Ronald Acuna Jr. homered. Marcelo Zuna uh, homered as, uh, yeah, Kirby Yates sealed the shutout victory. Let's head to San Francisco, where this is not actually about the Giants, but the Rays are out there playing the Giants, and there's some news for the Rays. They announced that Shane McClanahan will have Tommy John's surgery next week, and he will likely miss all of 2024. This is huge news for Tampa Bay. And that's because Tommy John takes usually about 14 months or so to fully recover from, and that means he's going to miss all of 2024 because, you know, it's, it's near we're nearing the end of the 2023 regular season. And McClanahan was obviously the Rays' best pitcher. He's actually one of baseball's best pitchers and he was you know especially lights out in the first half of the season and yeah I mean it's a big blow but the bright side of this is that McClanahan is young McClanahan is 26 you know he's already he's already had you know a good amount of experience under his belt this is only his third big league season so He'll miss 2024, he'll miss his age 27 season, but by the time he comes back, you know, he'll be right in the thick of it again, and right in his prime, he'll be just fine. But it's a huge blow for the Rays, and of course their playoff, you know, their, their playoff outlook for this season and for next season as well. That's two playoffs. He's, well, who knows if he, actually I'm not going to say that. It's possible he could come back for 2024 playoffs. That's actually very possible. Uh, especially out of the bullpen, so that's that's possible. But yeah, at the end of the day, Tommy John surgery uh, likely won't pitch until uh, 2025 
or maybe the 2024 playoffs, but Shane McClanahan out for the Rays. And I'm actually just finding out this now as I'm speaking. This is going to be McClanahan's second Tommy John surgery. So he missed his first season at University of South Florida while recovering from the procedure in 2016. And the typical recovery time is 12 to 14 months, but that's a little less certain when a player has had the operation twice. There have been a couple guys who've missed time due to two Tommy John surgeries. I'll have to go back and, and see what the numbers are. It probably might not be something that you can cut and paste. I think everyone's different. Everyone responds to it differently. But the fact that, I think the fact that McClanahan's had the surgery, usually with you know these procedures, if you had it before, you tend to do better the second time around because you know what to expect, especially with the rehab. And yeah, you know your body and how your body responds to certain things and what your time frame is going to look like. You know when to push yourself. You know when to take it easy. You know exactly what to do instead of it being new and you're just kind of waiting in the waters at the beginning trying to figure out the whole rehab thing. But if you've done it before, it's okay. I know I'm going to do this. I know my body's going to respond this this way and I can do these workouts to this extent and, and you know, this is good. This is not good. So yeah, I think that that's typically what happens when you when you have an athlete who's who's torn a ligament twice. So head to Los Angeles where the Dodgers continue to take care of business. Last week they did it against some inferior teams, but they're going to be met with a much stronger task to close out their current ten game homestand. They're hosting the Brewers and the Marlins. These are two teams that are squarely in the mix for the postseason. So LA is getting a firsthand look at two opponents. They could very well see when it matters the most in October. So on Tuesday, they had Bobby Miller throwing gas on the mound, and they got a 6-2 victory of the Brewers. So it didn't seem to matter who their opponent was. And now the Dodgers have extended their season-long win streak to nine games. And in addition to this red-hot stretch, they also improved to 13-1 in the month of August. That's the best mark in the majors. So they're they're just they're beating everyone right now. But Bobby Miller is throwing, throwing gas. Uh, I mean, hit 101 miles an hour. That's yeah, that's up there for sure. But yeah, I mean, everyone contributes. This is one of those things. Even Kike Hernandez. This is a guy who was acquired at the trade deadline from Boston. He's completely turned his season around with new scenery in LA. I mean, it's it's remarkable. It's remarkable. And of course, you have guys like the you know, All Stars, JD Martinez, Mookie Best doing their thing. Freddie Freeman doing their thing, Will Smith, guys like this just continue to do their thing, but it's a top-down effort. Bobby Miller, I would say, was the, you know, was the man of the match here. Six innings with one earned run, and helps the Brewers get their 72nd win. They're now first in the NL West. I think some people would say that order has been restored. We, you know, we saw the NL West get off to a pretty wild start to be in the season with the D-backs being really hot, and the Dodgers were in third for a good bit of time. But, uh, you know, things have kind of regressed back to where you'd expect them, and L.A. is moving with a full head of steam right now. Let's head to Miami. Let's head to Miami, where the Marlins hosted the Houston Astros. And the Astros won this game by a score of 6-5. to five. Kyle Tucker hit a go-ahead Homer in this game is 23rd of the year. And Houston entered Miami looking to avoid a three-game losing streak for the first time since June. And they did so, just narrowly, but they did so. On the Marlins side, Jorge Soler hit a two-run homer, his 30th of the year. Nice 
round milestone for him. We know he was an all-star this season. Uh, but, you know, he had, some, he had some nice moments in this game. Jazz Chisholm ended up going two for four with a triple in this game. And then other homers for Houston included Yiner, Diaz, and Chas McCormick. So, some great offense in this game on both sides. You know, the long ball was on display. But at the end of the day, Houston gets a win 6-5 to five over Miami. Let's head to, where should we go next? Let's head to the nation's capital where the Red Sox beat the Nationals by a score of 5-4. Tristan Cassis hit a, I'm sorry, well, he had a two-run single, but initially, Alex Verdugo hit a leadoff home run his second of his career. And close game at the end of the day. Nationals put up a four spot in the bottom of the third. But uh, you know, Red Sox stayed steady. One in the first, two in the third, two in the fourth. And then they held on the rest of the way and won this game by a score of 5-4. You know, the, the Nationals are an interesting team. You know, they're not good this year, but they're not terrible. They're really not like that. I mean, they're not like awful, awful like Oakland or anything. They're better than they were last year, I think. You know, and you do see some some cool moments when you watch them. Some players who definitely do intrigue you. You know, yeah. So some of those players who intrigue you, Lane Thomas, for example. You know, legitimately, you know, a very good player, strong outfielder. Uh, you know, C.J. Abrams is looking better this season. You know, Stone Garrett has shown flashes here and there. But obviously, if you're a playoff team, or if you're trying to make the playoffs, like the Red Sox are, you need to beat the Nationals every single time. So they do that on Tuesday as they play their first game in D.C. for an interesting series this week. Let's head to San Diego, where the Padres beat up on the Orioles. So this is a, this is an interesting series. Obviously, you know, we talk about Orioles, Orioles and Padres, Manny Machado is someone who comes to mind because he played for both teams. But uh, Gary Sanchez hit a grand slam for the Padres in this one. That was the big blast, his 16th of the year. But Padres ended up jumping all over Baltimore, and they win by a score of 10 to 3. Michael Walker made his first start back. He's been on the injured list for a long time, I believe, like, well over a month or since before the All Star break. And you know, he's he's been he's been on the injured list, but he was back. Five shutout innings for him with five strikeouts, and then of course two for four with the four RBIs due to the grand slam for. Gary Sanchez. On the Orioles side, the best performance was Austin Hayes, two for four with a home run and a double for him. But Orioles remain first place in the AL East. They're going to flush this and try to get the next one on Wednesday. So I would say those are the main highlights from Tuesday around the league. I almost had some, some great action, but that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, Please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.